0: I want to I tell you, give a testimony today. I, I always think that God is so wonderful. But this, this just happened today, and, and I was totally and completely taken off my feet. This morning I was in prayer, and I was praying for some various people, and I've been praying for them for a while, and I, I really wanted God's direction. I said, I want a Bible study. And I said, God, should I keep on pursuing? And I said, God if you really want me to keep on pursuing and I have been my earbuds have been missing for over a month and a half and I have done extensive search in the house and the cars everywhere so I said this it's kind of a fleece I don't really always advocate these kind of things but I said God if you want me to keep pursuing you know those earbuds I've been looking for you know where they are why don't you instead of me worrying about them any longer why don't you put them into my hand And I stopped my prayer. Well, this afternoon while I was putting this lesson together, my wife walks into the study that I'm in and she says, "Uh, do you love me? (laughs) And I says, yeah, I love you. She says, how much do you love me? I says, I love you just forever. I mean, I love you. She pulls the earbuds out of her pocket and she says they were in the car under a, what was it, a, a napkin. And so I looked in that car I looked in that car several times, and the prayer that I prayed, God actually did. He put them in my hand. So I got the affirmation, but that's not the first time anything like that has ever happened to me. But God is always willing to prove himself to you if you'll only but ask and follow. And God wants to show how real he he is to you in your lives. So tonight, um, I'm going to dive into that topic that we were with last week, and I knew how much you all loved it. Um, It sounded like a graveyard in here, and it looked like a morgue on some of your faces when I was talking about submission. So I'll try to lighten it up as much as I possibly can, but it's really one of those topics that are, are very hard to discuss and to teach, but very relevant and very necessary for all of us. Because it is in submission and obedience, twin sisters, I think, it's, it's in that submission and obedience that you then find that the word of God is very real. It's very real. We started off, and I didn't, I know you've got all the list up there, but if you could put up there, uh, up for me, James 4 and 7. This is where we started last week, and I know that I did not finish the lesson, so I tagged on where I did not finish But James 4 and 7 is really the beginning of this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we need that submission. We need to be obedient and give in to God. So starting from where I left off last week, and you've got your papers, I tagged it on. So what does the Holy Spirit mean by submit to one another? Submit to one another, because we can take that sometimes out of context, and we can say things, um, uh, my sister uh, was, when she was up north, a younger guy said that he, he was due her respect, which meant submitting to him, when actually it's the other way around. You know, And so we can take this biblical example of submit to one another completely out of context. So let's, let's look at what the Bible says. Again, Ephesians 5, 17 through 22 says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be fulfilled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 5, says this, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away. So, We've got to understand that when we submit, we've got to submit in the ordinances that are in the Word of God. And it's, it's a submission that you've got to understand who's in authority, what hat they're wearing at what time. Um, I don't know if I said this to you last week, but um, I'm standing in the pulpit right now, so I'm wearing the hat of a minister. I'm wearing the hat of an overseer, all right? When I step out and I go home, I take that hat off. I'm a husband. So, you know, you, you kind of got to look at what role the individual is in at that point, and then if it merits your submission, and that's what Paul is trying to get you to understand. Paul and Peter are admonishing Christians to adhere to certain, on your paper, Christ-like characteristics, In the Ephesians passage, Paul points out ways in which we practice being filled with the Spirit, namely speaking to one another, singing, giving thanks, and submitting. This is followed by verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands, and chapter 6, children, obey your parents, and servants, be obedient to your masters. Clearly, he is giving more specific instruction in the areas of submission. Similarly, in the First Peter passage, Peter first covers the role of elders leading the flock and the younger people submitting to the elders before making more general statement, be submissive to one another. So you've got to notice Peter already stated that Christians are submitted to the every ordinance of man. For servants to be submissive and for wives to submit to her husband. 1 Peter 2 and 13, therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the kings, a the supreme. And then 1 Peter 2 and 18, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear and not only to the good and gentle, but also to those who are real jerks. Some of them are. 1 Peter 3:1, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Thus, the context of both passages must be considered and studied to see the rather big picture of things. So I want to read some scriptures to you, And I've put them on your paper. I want to give you some positive examples of submission from scripture and some negative examples. So these are the positives. Matthew 26 and 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. We use that scripture a lot. For our own lives. Um, A lot of times we want to follow what we want to do, but really it's what God wants us to do and what he wants us to fulfill. So we have to be like Jesus. John 3, 28 through 30, you yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because, the bride, because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. I know a lot of times that people, when they first come to the Lord, they, they have a tendency to say I a lot. What I've done, what I, and, and I always I joke about this, I call it iritis. It's the inflammation of the eye. But really, who you've got to give credit to is God. You point people to God. That's where you decrease so that he can increase. And that's being submissive to him, letting him have the preeminence. You have just been selected by him to carry the message. You're an ambassador of him. He's given you the power, but you're really not the one that's in charge. He is so it's his will that's being done acts 4:19 and 20 but peter and john answered and said to them whether it is right in the sight of god to listen to you more than to god you judge for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard this was somewhat civil disobedience so they're being told by the pharisees to be quiet don't talk about jesus any longer And it has just happened that the man at the gate, beautiful, has been allowed to walk. It's a notable miracle, and they're trying to shut them down, but they will not. Whatever you tell us, we're just going to have to keep going because it's better to obey God. Philippians 2, 3 through 11, "...let let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself." Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God... Also, has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you humble yourself in due season, God will lift you up. The height of submission is listening to what the Word of God says. He's exalted his word above his name. That's what it says. He's exalted his word above his name. So the word has everything to do with how you live your life. And if you stick to the word, if you stick to it, submit to it, God will raise you up. Hebrews 5, 7 through 8, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, And was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And so you will suffer persecution, you will suffer rejection, you will suffer all sorts of things. Why? Because are you above Christ? You follow in the footsteps of the Lord. So, now, here are some negative examples of submission from Scripture. Isaiah fourteen twelve through 17. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to shale. To the lowest depths of the pit, those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? Those are the five I wills. And if you really look at the mode of operation for the devil, he uses those on us. It's no different than what was used in the Garden of Eden. He'll get you to think that you're something. He'll get you to think you're your own God. And I'm going to explain something in a little while because you can not get like that. You can worship yourself. You can worship your own opinion. And I'll explain that in a little while. Daniel 4, 30 through 34 The king spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Lack of submission will not put you on God's hit parade. He'll take care of whatever he needs to take care of. Matthew 26, 40, 41. Then he came to the disciples, found them sleeping, and said to Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then finally, 2 Timothy 4, 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed to Thessalonica. So you've got what submission looks like in the positive, what submission looks like in the negative. And there's many other examples in the Word of God that can help us with this. But it really is necessary for us to practice this. And and on your paper... The discipline of submission means having the willingness to, volu- to voluntarily submit to Christ and also to others in authority. It's a discipline. It's a discipline like any other thing. You and I make a commitment and resolve to yield our will, our mind, and body for God's purpose so we can better hear, receive, and obey his word. It's a conscious decision each and every morning you wake up. You're going to live for God that day. No matter what your mind is telling you, Your will and your heart are submitted to God. It is a call to submit and a discipline because it takes your and my effort, even though we are not at times required to do so. This is just something our free will, what God has given us, we give to him. We are... When we are submitting to others, we are also submitting and serving God. Colossians three twenty three twenty four says, "And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ." So it works. It works in everything. It works in relationships. You know, when, you're, when you have a friend, you should look at them as someone that God has made. And that, that's where the submissive aspect, that's where you stop arguing. You stop, you know, demanding your own way. In a husband and wife relationship, you're supposed to look at her as God gave her to you. And that you love her regardless of anything that takes place. It's that agape love. Same thing with the woman to the man. Children are supposed to do the same thing to their parents, not fuss, fume, and fight. But all this doesn't just take place once you start to grow up. These are things that need to be trained. That's why it says in Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way that they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. That doesn't mean that's a given. You have to work at it again and again and Again. That's why you come to church, so that you can be trained up in the proper way to live as a Christian. This isn't just to take up time or an obligation. This is here so that you can learn what type of individual you need to be. And if there are things that need to be taken out, it's up to you to then begin to weed those out of your attitude, out of your mind, so that you can be the right type of person that God expects. On your paper, it is an aspect of the the surrender of our lives. It is an aspect of the surrender of our lives to God so we are in his will. Because submission is, listen, respect. Submission is respect. It is not to exceed the parameters of the will of God, or of love and righteousness. The discipline of submission is more about our interpersonal relationships and how we humbly reverence God, whereas surrender is how we come should come before God. So you surrender to him, but then you discipline yourself in your relationships. First with God than with others. I always like that verse of scripture when people tell me, oh, I love God, but then they have problems with individuals. They have a fight. How can you say you love God whom you have not seen when you don't lo- love your brother or sister that you do see? Th- that's, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth at times like that. So it's contingent for you to repair that With everyone. Hello? With everyone. I don't care what they've done to you. I don't care how you've been mistreated. Because again, look how they mistreated Christ. Look what they did to him. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. People can't possibly comprehend when they mistreat you they can't possibly comprehend their position before God they don't understand it so it's up to you to show your life as an example to them so that they can see the life of Christ exemplified before them that's why when you forgive people and they go what do you mean you're forgiving me how can you forgive me for all the stuff that I've done to you? I can, and I love you. I know those are hard things at times to say, but you have to say them, and you can't hold on to those things. Hello? So, the application of these kind of things is for our benefit. In our churches, when we are under the leadership of those who are more mature, and that's why it says when you read the office of a bishop, not a novice, lest being lifted up, they fall in condemnation of the devil. You've got to have a mature individual that is leading you. Because power, money, sexual relationships, they can all take a person down. You've got to understand that you need mature leadership and the respect that you owe to others in leadership. From that, you'll learn and grow more as a person that's following Christ. In so doing, we will become better. We will become a healthier Christian. We will have healthier churches. This will also affect our home life, And relationships as we will show love and respect, thus creating harmony and contentment. Amen? I always told um, people that when I went home, that is the demilitarized zone. Because I've just come from a battlefield. I don't want to come home to a battle. I want there to be rest. I want there to be peace and harmony. So, now I want to tell you what submission is not. These are on your paper. Are you ready? One, submission is not a loss of our identity or personality. It's not a loss of our identity or personality. You're the same person We are freed and enhanced to be better and more content with God and others. Submission is not about hating ourselves. It means to have a right respect and relationship with God. The Bible calls us to also love ourselves. We've got to love ourselves. Because we can't love others as we love ourselves unless we respect and love ourselves. Okay? But this does not mean having pride or placing ourselves always on top or having to have it our way, period. Mark 12, 30 and 31 says this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So if you have a problem with so low self-esteem, if you're always berating yourself, there's something wrong deep inside. And that has to be fixed. It has to be fixed. Because once you love yourself, then you'll know how to love other people properly. Okay? Okay. And I'll tell you what, I have dealt with so many people that say, I love God, but they got muco problems. If Bill's got a problem with Tom and Bill's got a problem with Jane and Bill's got a problem with Edith, Bill's got a problem. That's usually where it stems. It's not the other people, it's that person. And so you've got to first find out what is going on in here. So in contrast, arrogance lifts our self-interests and self-sufficiencies, which may seem necessary and good at times, you know, to be self-sufficient, you know, to take care of ourselves. However, when we are self-sufficient or self-indulgent, we not only fail to see our need for redemption, but we also fail to see our need for growth in spiritual matters. Therefore, self becomes the God. And this is what I was talking about. Therefore, self becomes the God and any work of God is mute and put aside. Here's where you get it. 1 Samuel 15 and 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft or divination and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. So when you have that stubborn streak that you feel you don't have to change you feel you're okay you're just worshiping yourself you think you're the cat's pajamas and that you're right all the time that's what you think you are and so it's just like you're bowing down to yourself you set up your own statue you can't be like that you mustn't be like that because it's a reflection of self-centeredness. Where's, where's the room for God? Where's the room for God? So this means we are not to base our identity on who we are in society or in wealth or anything outside of who we are in Christ, our love and Christian maturity and growth. Everything should be centered around God. Everything. Everything. Everything you do, everything you think. And I'm not saying be ridiculous about it. You know, there are some things that God allows you to make decisions on. You know, don't don't stand out in a parking lot and say, God, what color of car do you want me to pick here? That might seem funny, but I've I've encountered people like that. This is not being weak. Rather, it's being meek, meek, as Christ exemplified and called us to be. Meekness is showing humility and gentleness toward God and others. Numbers 12 and 3 says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. He was the meekest man, but he could lead people. Psalm 37 and 11 says this, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. My favorite, Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. It is uh, so many times we feel we've got the answer, but it's contingent on us to again look into the word of God, See what the word of God says, and then move in accordance with what that word dictates. Not go off on our own, because I'll tell you, that's where shipwrecks happen, and then it's not up to people to say, why me, God? God's saying it's all on you. This is not what I wanted for you. Matthew 11 and 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Meekness causes us to seek to please God and submit our will and aspirations to his will and what is best. This will enable us to endure being personally attacked as we keep our focus on Christ And are humble. Number two, submission is not agreeing on everything. Ephesians 5 and 15 says this, and this is out of the Amplified Version Therefore, see that you walk carefully. In the King James, it says circumspectly living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people. If a husband or a wife says, I don't want you to be a Christian, what does the spouse say? They say... I love you I want to be submissive to you I intend to be submissive to you but on this point I have no choice it's a done deal you don't have to argue you don't have to give the silent treatment you just got to say I belong to Jesus and our life will be much better that may cause at times, the unbelieving spouse to leave, and that is in 1 Corinthians 7, where the unbeliever splits, it would be a great tragedy, but the Bible says you're under no such law. You don't have to go chasing. You don't have to go seeking. What usually happens is that spouse then gets into trouble of their own, cause to disintegrate the marriage. So God wants your all. He wants your all. Submission does not mean you must agree with the opinions of your spouses or others, for that matter, even on things as fundamental and serious as Christian faith. God has made you with a mind. You must think. You are a person, not a body, and not a machine. You're a thinking being who is able to process whether the gospel is true. And if it's true, you believe it all the way. If a person or group says you can't believe that, you humbly and submissively do not submit to it. You stay with God. Next... Submission does not mean leaving your brain at the altar. Proverbs 29 and 20 says this, again from the Amplified Version. Do you see a conceited man who speaks quickly, offering his opinions or answers without thinking? There is more hope for a thick-headed fool than for him you've got to think about things it might seem that I'm backing up on what I just talked about but hear me out you need to understand anyone who says I do the thinking around here I do the thinking around here is sick and has a sick view of their authority I've had some husbands say that to their wives. I do the thinking in this household. That's just not the right way to respond to anybody or somebody in authority that says that, bosses that say that. Submission never leaves the brain at the altar. All throughout life, we come in contact with independent thinkers that have thoughts that are worth listening to. Leadership does not mean you do not listen. You listen. After all, that's a big part of communication. It's not always talking, it's listening. Listening. And leadership doesn't even mean always getting the last word. Good leadership often says, You were right. I was wrong. Leadership is taking initiative. So you don't leave your brain at the altar. Next, submission does not mean you do not try to influence others. Let me say that again. Submission does not mean you do not try to influence others. Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Submission does not mean avoiding the effort to influence or change others. The whole point of the gospel is what? Win the lost. And I'll put this in there, at any cost. Our life is devoted to changing individuals from an unbeliever to a believer. Can you imagine if somebody said submission means stop trying to change people? No. If we're going to live our mandate out, we've got to understand that submission means caring about People that are living in sin or unbelief and that you want to change them. You want to change their mind. And you wouldn't be a person that loved others if you did not feel that way. You've got to see the world as it is right now in darkness. You've got to follow the Bible. The next one, submission is not Putting the will of the family, friends and others before the will of Christ. Galatians 1 and 10 says, "For I am now seeking for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be the servant of Christ." Paul talking submission submission is not putting the will of others before the will of Christ Christ is our lord now and for the lord's sake for the lord's sake we will submit at times to others but they are not our lord they're not our lord therefore wherever one must choose whenever one must choose between others and Christ we choose Christ if a friend says let's get involved in some scam some pyramid scheme or let's watch something that's not very wholesome your choice is clear I go with Jesus on this you don't say it to be haughty you don't say it arrogantly but you say it in a submissive tone I'm submitting to God rather than to you And then finally, submission does not mean living or acting in fear. I know the Bible says the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of the Lord. But it's not this knee-knocking, trembling, bite-your-nails, quivering-lip fear. It's a respect, a reverential fear. It's kind of fear that children give their parents. I'm not talking about abusive parents. I'm talking about loving parents. They love them, but they respect them. They revere them, and they, they seek to please them. So it's not living in fear. First Tim, or Second Timothy 1 and 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we have to understand that God has given us the wonderful tools to work in his vineyard, and to work with and alongside him. And God-fearing Christians really are fearless. They're fearless. Proverbs 28 and 1 says this, The wicked flee when no one pursues them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Because we know who we serve, and we know who is on our side. God-fearing Christians are people that freely put themselves under the authority of those that are in leadership. They don't do it because of dread, but because it is the correct thing to do. And that way others see our example, they watch us, they see the honor and respect, first to God, and then to authority that God has placed over them. And then as they see that, they will understand what Christianity really is about. They'll get it. And then they understand that we are the ambassadors. We are the ones that are representing God. What happens when we do not practice this discipline? If, if we do not submit, we will have a disregard. A disregard for unity and no respect for authority. Have you ever encountered people like that? people that don't submit, and they have pastor for breakfast, lunch, and supper. They have other people on a spit roasting them, talking behind their back. If that happens in your household, shame on you. Shame on you. That is not the way to conduct yourself if you're a submissive Christian. That doesn't give us any right. If you want to take it somewhere, take it in prayer. If you've got a problem with somebody, take it to the individual. But don't go around talking about people. Don't do that. It's not the right thing. Because it will bring out sinful nature, and that sinful nature will win out after a while. The result will be quarrels because of pride, discord because of a battle of wills with one another instead of love and fruit and shame bringing the destruction of a church, of families, of relationships. On your papers, we will become imprisoned in our agendas and hurts, so the wonder of relationships and the sweetness of his work are not received by us. We will be consumed. That's next. We will be consumed with our anger that results in bitterness and strife with others. And finally, we will become ingrates. And our hurt, which is mostly self-inflicted, will become a weapon to hurt and destroy others instead of building and growing with them in God. This is what happens when submission is not practiced. When you finally understand to focus your mind on Jesus and not on status, situations, possessions, or experiences, you will then begin to glorify him. You will put him in the proper place. Then we won't need to worry We won't need to start to fret or become consumed with things that make us bitter or angry or ungrateful when others come against us. Thus, if our situation is bad or we do not get our way, we can still succeed and still be joyful. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when we are doing well... We will not let pride rule over us. This comes about when we realize that Christ does indeed care for us and loves us no matter what. So, that's submission in a nutshell. Now, it's up to us to practice that, to discipline ourselves in that so that God then can use us in the gifts of the Spirit and then begin to do incredible things. I'm going to tell you this right now. 2024 is going to be a fantastic year. You are going to see more growth. You're going to see more people come in, but they're going to need you to be their examples. They're going to need to see Christ reflected through you and discipled by you. So, Be prepared because that world out there is awful bleak and people are looking for an answer and they need to find people that are truly submitted to the will of God. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads, let's pray. God, we thank you ever so much for your word. Your word is complete. It is crystal clear and all we need to do is follow those things that we read and keep them deep in our heart. And God, as we move by what your word says, and submit to those things, we will see incredible things take place in our lives, in the lives of others, and God, even in governments. Because God, the time is growing short, and you are growing weary because you want your church with you. So Lord, help us. Help us to keep our eye on the prize, and that's you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless.